everybody. This is Stephanie Ruper. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Naked Humanity podcast, where we take the deepest dive possible into what it means to be human. Today is episode number 37X, and I am addressing a listener question about what happens when you quit religion. Can you keep your friends? Uh, can you keep your family members? How do you talk about it? Uh, how do you feel? Uh, I'll be talking a little bit from personal experience and also uh, what I know about the modern religious and philosophical spiritual landscape, which actually happens to be uh, quite quite a bit, relatively speaking. So uh, I'm very, very much looking forward to that. Um, a few quick notes for those of you who are tuning in on YouTube or any other uh, video app, you will have noticed that I have changed my digs. What do you think? I guess it's, uh, it's about the same. I have a big whiteboard. I have a lot of books. Uh, my desk has relocated. Um, that's pretty much about it. Uh, for those of you who have been following uh, my saga by listening to my other, my other podcast that I record with Noel, um, I am now starting my final year uh, at Oxford with my PhD. My thesis is basically done. And I am now working really diligently and quickly and excitingly uh, on this book, uh, The Age of Uncertainty, which I have been uh, talking to about at length. So things are exciting. And uh, thank you so much for sticking with us. Another quick note before jumping in. Uh, we have a winner for the book giveaway. Uh, his name on Insta is Jay Griff. Uh, I haven't asked him what book he wants yet. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if he had read most of the books on my list uh, from his uh, Instagramming, but uh, very exciting. So uh, thank you. Thank you so much for writing a review. If you want a free book, one of my favorites, a free book, all you have to do is write a review for this podcast, take a screenshot and email it to me at stephanie at nakedhumanity.org uh, or send it to me on any, any other platform. That would be great uh, as well. Okay, so let's talk about religion. Let's talk about Susie's question. I'll read you her question briefly and then share some thoughts on it. So Susie says, hi, Stephanie. Thank you for sharing your podcast and taking listener questions. I would be interested in hearing your thoughts on, quote, deconversion. I grew up Catholic and have taken a long and winding road to agnostic slash atheist. I enjoy hearing and reading about others who have gone through a similar process and specifically how they deal with family and friends who may not understand their new point of view. Any insight you have would be great. Thanks, Susie with a Z. Um, okay, Susie, this is actually, I think, a hugely important question, and I'm not surprised that it was the first one I received uh, when I reached out to the audience and said, hey, you know what, um, I'm definitely going to make the effort now. I think I have enough listeners uh, who are engaged uh, to be able to turn uh, my second episode every week into one that is about listener concerns. So I'm actually very, very unsurprised that the first question was about uh, changing or losing your religion. This is something that a huge, huge amount of people have been going through. Uh, there's a somewhat famous, uh, especially in the academic uh, world, uh, institute of sorts called the Pew Forum, P-E-W Forum, that does really, really big surveys, high quality surveys uh, of Americans and specifically, and importantly for us here, about religious life. And 
has been tracking ways in which Americans are religious and political uh, for, for many decades now. And the Pew Forum surveys have been demonstrating that uh, the number of Americans who identify uh, as nuns, nuns, N-O-N-E-S, uh, on surveys that is no religion, none, uh, has been increasing uh, reasonably steadily uh, for quite some time. Now, there are also people, however, moving out of the nun category into religions. People are basically just sort of jumping all over the map in terms of the religious and spiritual landscape um, in the West and the States uh, specifically. So this is totally unsurprising, very, very common. A very interesting uh, trend also, however, within the nuns is that the proportion of Americans who report experiencing awe or wonder at the universe uh, has grown. Uh, and it has also grown within this subset of people who do not identify with a particular religion. Uh, and isn't that just, uh, isn't that just interesting? There are people, people have sort of, I think we've seen a trend of moving from traditional religion to hating, you know, sort of totally throwing all religion out the window, the baby and the bathwater, it's gone. You know, we've seen that. Uh, and then now people sort of realize that they did throw the baby out with the bathwater indeed. And maybe there's something they're worth holding on to uh, in a number of different ways. Some people leave a religion, leave a practice, and then realize uh, that there was something about the community that they found valuable. And so they maybe they keep going to church, even though they don't hold on to specific beliefs or, or rituals or practices. Um, that's one way to do it. Another way is to uh, leave a religion entirely, discard all the faiths, discard the community, uh, but maybe seek out a new community that is uh, as secular as you are, that focuses on spiritual journeys more so than answers. And of course, another path is to just sort of... Um, craft something all your own, practice your own spirituality, whatever that means. If that means meditating, doing yoga, uh, going dancing, like I like to do, uh, engaging with the world in some sort of naturalistic, you know, you go on nature hikes and you feel some sort of spiritual connection with nature. All of these things are, are valid ways to sort of enact what I think of as a very intrinsic part of our humanity. We are ineluctably spiritual in a certain sense. And uh, there are ways to hold on to these things while your religious life changes shape. So far as the history of religion goes, we once existed in a world, and forgive me if you've heard me say this before, because I talk about it all the time. Humans once existed in a world in which everybody, literally everybody that you knew believed generally speaking, the same thing that you did. You had the same sets of gods. You had no reason to question these sets of gods. And this changed shape and became more complex as societies developed uh, and began encountering more and more different beliefs and monotheisms. And people started claiming that their religion was better than everybody else's. These things happened. Uh, but it really wasn't only until the last 100 years or so that in America and the quote unquote West, generally, we see this big shift from people generally believing in a certain framework 
and adhering to a certain framework, even if they're practicing it in various ways, into a world in which nothing is the default. Atheism is the default. Secularism is the default. Uh, Usually in the study of religion, we talk about it as uh, humanism being the default, which is humanism is basically we like to be good people. We think people matter and we want to take care of them. And that's kind of spiritual, but there's no other beliefs attached to that. That's humanism. And that's sort of the bedrock of this supposedly secular American pursuit of happiness thing that we're all up to. So we've moved into this being the default. And then you sort of exist in a soup where you can choose your own adventure story religion. And this means, yeah, that sometimes you grow up in a very devout home. Maybe you grow up in an evangelical community. Maybe you grow up in a very devout Catholic community. I know many people who grew up in devout Catholic communities. Um, And so you're told that this is the truth, but you also know that you exist in a world in which other options are abundant. Other people believe lots of different things. And you either have to defend your faith against those things or let your faith be challenged. And then when your faith is challenged, you can either choose to hold this challenge and this doubt as a part of your ongoing faith, or you can step outside of it. So I did my master's degree in a seminary. I went to the Boston University School of Theology, and it was probably the most important thing that I have ever done in my life. Well, that's a bit of a hyperbolic statement, but it was extremely important. One thing that I experienced uh, firsthand, or maybe seconds, I watched so many people go through it, so many of my closest friends, was here were these people who are deeply concerned with religious questions and ideas and meaning, and they're learning that these very rigid beliefs that they grew up with, you know, even beliefs like being gay is an offense against God, They're learning that these things might not be right. And they're learning that maybe there isn't a heaven and there isn't a hell, at least not how they were traditionally taught. They're learning that maybe they don't believe in any sort of life after death. They're questioning the resurrection. They're questioning Jesus and miracles. They're questioning the Ten Commandments. They're questioning uh, the Bible and who wrote it and how it was written. Because just to be clear, the Bible actually, almost certainly, although there's, I'm, I'm leaving room open Uh, For alternative answers, the Bible is almost certainly not the word, the written word of God, uh, but was rather uh, a bunch of accounts handed down throughout time about Jesus's life, about the disciples, about this movement, uh, and recorded by various people. And, And this is especially true, you know, this sort of format of the holy books, especially true of the Hebrew Bible, as it was uh, much older, actually, uh, than the New Testament. And so uh, these stories are cobbled together, you know, oral tales almost. And so anyway, I had so many friends that had to deal with what to make of these things. And I was fortunate, this Boston University School of Theology is a school that really doesn't shy away from science and doesn't shy away from biblical criticism. It doesn't shy away from these very important questions of how do we hold space for our faith and the communities to which we once belonged while at the same time being responsible to these questions about religion and science. And um, it's all very beautiful and, and very, very important. And I had one friend who 
I remember so clearly we took a break from a course and we're sitting outside and it was autumn and Boston is beautiful in the fall and the leaves were falling. And he told me that he, when he changed his faith, when he let go of what I would call the metaphysical worldview, right? When he let go of the specific supernatural beliefs that he always had about God creating the world and making it for humans and all that sort of stuff. When he changed that, there was this sort of sacred layer that shimmered everywhere he looked. And when he stopped believing in that, his sacred layers sort of went away and he didn't see the world through the same sort of rose tinted glasses, but he's still got a degree in divinity. I believe he got a master's in divinity and really cherished his upbringing and what he learned from it and was able to sort of find a new way for the world to shimmer, even if it didn't necessarily have some of the same uh, tenets or even comforts that his uh, old world free ones had. And that's a part of why I do this podcast. It's not the only reason, right? We're here to ask questions about what it means to be human, but we're also here to sort of ask questions about how we make sense of what it means to be human in a world where these questions about religion and spirituality have become so complicated. So I have tons of episodes about how to make sense of the world without traditional conceptions of God. And I'm sure that you've encountered them. So that is that. Now, there are really, um, I think, talking about getting to your question of what to do with friends and family members, you know, people who once shared your belief. What do you do? I think you need to bear in mind that there are probably two major things underlying people's uh, concern or perhaps cynicism or disbelief, you know, worry about you when you leave a religious tradition. One of them is that sharing beliefs often leads people to a shared identity, right? Especially in today's world when the world, when everything is so complex and diverse, people tend to really rally around one another in terms of their beliefs. This might make inherent sense, right? And so people might worry that you no longer identify with them or you can no longer be a part of their community. Uh, One thing you can do, of course, uh, is take what I earlier described as an approach of still seeing value in your religious community. And you can turn these very literalistic beliefs that many people in your community probably shared about uh, guilt and Mary and Jesus and heaven and hell. And you can learn to relate to them in a symbolic way, right? So you could think, okay, so I don't actually believe physically that the resurrection happened, but I do understand how the resurrection or the incarnation or what have you um, can teach us beautiful things about Uh, being reborn after periods of death in your life, for example. Uh, Redemption in face of your sins. Uh, You can view the incarnation not in terms of a literal embodiment of uh, God in humanity, but rather um, the shared divinity of all creatures because we all have the same element of sacredness in us. These are some ways of relating to traditional Christian beliefs without the metaphysical supernatural layer, uh, but rather in what I would call a symbolic way. And then you can still participate in this community to some extent. Um, And as to whether you 
share these symbolic beliefs with the people who are worried about you um, is of course up to you. You know, it's completely up to you. Of course, another element, and I think a pretty prominent one, is that when you lose a belief, say, faith in your salvation through Jesus Christ or the Trinity, if you don't believe in that anymore and the people you know, the people you love, really believe that that is key to your salvation and to being able to go to heaven or whatever, uh, yet they might be worried about you. Um, In this case, something that you can uh, say to them (laughs) is... uh, well, I have my own personal relationship with God or, or, or the universe, and um, I'm doing what, what I think is best for me, and I'm glad that you're doing what you think is best for you, but maybe should God exist in the way that you think God does, maybe God is with me on this path or understands this path that I'm taking. You know, may your God, your mother's God, your father's God, whoever is believing in, in some God, Susie, friends, their God might be able to understand why you choose to be an atheist. You know, they might understand why you choose to be agnostic and they might still let you into heaven. Right. And just because you don't believe in a certain divine thing, doesn't mean that you're a bad person. And so if the considerations that Peter or Paul or whoever is sitting at the gates of heaven has for who gets in and who doesn't, if you're still living a really moral life, if you're still trying really hard to be a good person, right? Because we are all sinners, but we try. If you're still trying to be a good person, then yeah, maybe you could say to them like, look, I might not have these specific beliefs, but if you happen to be right, I very well might still be, I still might be really chummy with Jesus or whatever, because I'm, I'm trying really hard to, to be a humble and to be a good and to be a service oriented person. I just cannot because of what I have learned about science or what I've learned about the church or whatever, because of X, Y, and Z reasons, I simply cannot believe the same things. And so I think, well, that gives you some options uh, for how you might talk about this, um, and live with this uh, in your community. I would love uh, to hear from you, Susie, or anybody um, about your experiences more specifically, uh, you know, what people have said, what you're dealing with, uh, if you're trying to negotiate uh, just getting by with Christmas and Easter, you know, of course you can always still go to church if, if it makes people happy, you know, um, <clears throat> more specifically what's going on for you. I would love, love, love to hear about it. I'm going to get going because we are up on time, but I'm very excited to be back with more listener questions uh, next week. And I have an amazing guest on uh, for episode number 38. Seriously, do tune in. It is the most, one of the most enlightening conversations I've had about the fabric of um, our society and democracy. And can we save it? You know, we talk about trust Um, and how distrusting we have all become, which is just very fascinating. So um, do tune in next week. Do send me your questions if you have any. I would love, love, love. Um, I have created a way for you to submit questions anonymously because I know these kinds of questions can be very personal. So if you go to um, stephanieruper.com slash form or uh, nakedhumanity.com slash form, 
Or uh, if you follow me on Instagram, uh, click on the link in my profile and there will be a little tab that says submit a question. Um, These are all ways that you can fill out a little form and submit a question to me anonymously. Uh, You can also, of course, email me at stephanie at nakedhumanity.org. If you so want, I would, uh, that would be another way to get a question to me. So very excited. Thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you so much for everything. Uh, You are a fantastic audience and I am very excited to be growing with you. So do take care. I am Stephanie Ruper. You know where to find me, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Stephanie Ruper. Get at me with any questions. Thank you so much for tuning in. I will talk to you next week.